certainly going to have a lot to talk about tonight my friend what a divisional weekend it was we're going to talk about this but that was probably the best weekend of football I have ever watched start to finish Saturday to Sunday phenomenal stuff Uh, I want to get into all that with you but we have to start somewhere else tonight somewhere dear and near to both of your heart and my heart big poppy in the baseball hall of fame what say you I'm, I'm happy. I know there was a lot of, there's going to be a lot of naysayers out there because he was uh, tied to the PED scandal that rocked uh, the late nineties, early two thousands. But I have some opinions on that as well. I I still think bonds and Clemens are worthy of, they should be in the hall of fame. They're two of the best to ever do it. Um, And but I'm really happy for David Ortiz. It's, it's sad that he, he has to go in alone this year, but 500 home runs, he was, he was the main face in lifting the curse of the Bambino off the Red Sox with that historic 2004 uh, ALCS run coming back from three games to none and then continuing that momentum to get their first World Series since 1918 and then a part of two other World Series winning teams as well in Boston uh, when they had the uh, the bombing at the Boston Marathon, he became the face of that city and gave the people hope when times were tough and really rallied the community together. Um, and he was just a great leader, great person, uh, and obviously one of the best play- baseball players to ever, ever live, and I'm really happy for him. Yeah, man, and I mean, it's totally deserved. I agree that, like, the, the shit on the Baseball Hall of Fame is insane that, like, Bonds and Clemens aren't in there. Um, to me, I think they should both be in the hall, especially Barry Bonds. Like the Hall of Fame is a museum, right? It's a museum of the sport. And to everybody that watches the sport and grew up with the sport, Barry Bonds is one of the, if not the key figure that like we watched, we grew up watching, hitting home runs and playing the game. And he had something like 400 home runs before he was even, you know, tested and, and proven to be on PEDs. And honestly, I mean, who cares, right? I think. I think steroids saved baseball. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but like it made, it made it pretty interesting for, you know, about a decade. Um, And that just has to be part of the history. You can't write it out of the history books just because you didn't want it to happen. I think it was okay. And I think that those people should be in there and Ortiz, you know, PEDs aside, he deserves to be in the hall of fame um, because of what you said. Right. Like I remember, you know, however old we were, we were what, 12 years old at the time. Right. Yeah. 12, watching 13, that, whatever it was. Watching that, um, you know, three nothing comeback with the Red Sox in Fenway. And it felt like every night Ortiz was the center of that team. Right. Every night it was the eighth inning. It was the ninth inning. It was the 14th inning. And he was the guy hitting the single, hitting the double. I remember every night at that point, I was watching um, with our our other mutual friend, Ross. I was over at his house a lot because we were both Red Sox fans too. And we watched every game of that series. Um, And it was way past our bedtime at the time because those games went to like 1 or 2 a.m. Um, and just like, you know, some, some crazy memories. And I was lucky enough to go see in his last season, me and my wife went out to Fenway and I got to see him hit a home run against the Yankees. And that was awesome. Um, and you know, just his whole career, he he definitely deserves to be in there. I'm definitely glad he was. Um, let's start with some one word answers. Bonds hall of fame. Yes. 
Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So congratulations to big poppy, David Ortiz, well-deserved uh, for all that he did. Let's hope bonds and, and everybody else gets in there soon. Let's move on to the NFL divisional weekend. A uh, couple questions for you. We're going to start with some one word answers. I liked how this went last week with Lair. So you ready? One word answers. I'm going to give my answer after you do. I got four questions tonight. Number one, best NFL weekend ever question mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. Second question. Interesting one. Worst play call of the weekend. Packers. Okay. Just, just (laughs) all of it. How about this one? Tannehill. Can we infer what I'm saying on that? I, I can infer. I'm going to let you expand upon it later. All right. We'll, we'll circle back there. Third question. What does Tom Brady do next year? Returns. Win. Fourth question. This one's right up your alley, brother. It's a simple one-word question for a one-word answer. Rogers? I don't like that face. <laughs> He's giving me the shrug shoulders. He doesn't even have a word to give this one. That's a zero-word answer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, my, my one word answer for Rogers, um, I don't know that I can give a one word answer, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say sayonara because the Packers need to part ways with Aaron Rodgers, And that's my hot take. And that's where we're going to start today. Um, I have been itching to talk with, with you about this all week, because last week I was the only person seemingly in the world that was on the San Francisco 49ers plus six also to win the game outright. It seems like everything was stacked against them, right? They're going into freezing cold Lambo on a Saturday night. The Packers have two weeks of rest. Uh, you know, Rogers is the one seed again. Jimmy G is kind of banged up. The Niners kind of snuck their way into the playoffs. And man, they, they won the game outright. They were never down by more than seven. But at the same time, almost instantly, it's 7 nothing Packers. They go down the field in about 80 yards in about three minutes. They're almost perfect on offense. Um, Somebody on the Niners, I forget who it was, fumbles the ball around midfield. The Packers have the ball back up seven, looking like they're going to go up 14-0 and never turn back. And from that point on, the Packers do not score another touchdown in the game. They actually only put on one more field goal. Niners win 13-10. I'm going to step back for a second. I have claimed my win for the week. We need to have a little funeral for you, my friend. How are you feeling as a resident Packers fan going into this offseason about this game? I'm kind of shocked. They had what I felt was a revamped defense. They were the only component of that team that showed up on Saturday night. Defense played outstanding, giving up only 13 points um, in a playoff game with basically limited. Debo didn't have that big of a game. Kittle had some catches, but they didn't dominate. It was It was just cold and just hard-nosed football defense definitely stepped up to play a couple big turnovers there um I'm just I am I am shocked by the way the offense performed um even in cold conditions you you really don't see the Packers offense kind of stumble the way they did obviously out of the gate they had that first uh that first drive that they took it to the house for a score thought this game was going to be in the bag no problem and then the they just forget that they're playing football for three quarters on offense 
can't get anything rolling. And I think that's not, that wasn't even the worst part of their game on Saturday night. It had to be the God awful special teams. Of course you had, you had a blocked field goal at the end of the first half. And with five minutes to go, you have the ultimately the biggest momentum swing of the entire game, which they couldn't recover from was it took the punter forever to get that kickoff. And of course it gets blocked return for the touchdown games tied Lambeau fans are shocked and green Bay could never recover. And as soon as they had to give the ball away when they had a chance to basically take it down the field, kill as much time as possible and go for a game winning field goal. They couldn't even do that. Uh, some questionable decision-making from Rogers, uh, even though he threw, it was, he was like 22 or 23 or 30 for 220, but no touchdowns. Adams had his catches. He, I think he was close to hundred yards, nine, nine for 91, I think was the final stat line, but yep. not much from anything else, anybody else. And uh, it's, it's a shame because I really, really like their chances this year. And now there's a, a lot of question marks going into next year with where they're at with the salary cap. Cause they owe Rogers a ton of money. Um, there's suitors for Rogers across the league. So I'm really interested to see where the Packers organization goes. They've already made this statement this week that uh, the entire front office and coaching staff is like all hands on deck to keep Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. But really I think Aaron holds all the cards here and I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. I mean, there's been other off season questions in the past with green Bay and Rodgers. obviously with the hiring of Matt LaFleur, they didn't really get eye to eye after year one. They, they uh, draft Jordan Love in the first round where they didn't give him any weapons, but Rodgers still stuck around. I always felt he was going to stick around. Here's a, this is a little bit different situation because they, they had the components, but they, they, a lot of guys are in free agency this year. And I don't know how many of them they bring back. And obviously Rodgers, I think is the biggest part of that, but if he's not sold on coming back, it's going to be very tough to, keep a lot of these guys on board probably wherever Rodgers goes I'm assuming Devontae is going to try and follow him too because he's in a free agent year too so there, it could be a big shakeup in Green Bay coming in 2022-23 uh, season well here's the thing right like you said Rodgers didn't play bad but he didn't play how he needed to play and how he was expected to play as the one seed in Lambeau they did not score an offensive touchdown after the first drive of the game and that's inexcusable for him right so the fact that he didn't play bad, that's not enough for the great quarterbacks. You know, Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen. We're going to talk about that matchup later, but what a showdown. I would much rather have Mahomes or Allen than I would Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, and this is, you know, coming from the Packers organization, this is like character aside. Like, do you want the sideshow of him that's all of a sudden become a thing coupled with the fact that like there's probably five quarterbacks in the league that I would want ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now you know, everybody's scared to play. I don't think Lambeau holds the same weight that it does that it did 10 years ago in the playoffs. People are going in there and winning and Rogers is 500 in his playoff career. Right? So if you're the Packers, you know, you drafted Jordan love and you've got this start and no arguing. He's a star. He's He's probably going to win the MVP. He had, he had a great year. He's one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the league, no doubt, but you have this quarterback who has proved himself as kind of like a sideshow diva who shows up and plays very well during the regular season and then doesn't really show up in the playoffs. You know, I'm sorry to say he just doesn't show up in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been incredibly average. He's been incredibly average. Career. That's what it is. Do you want that? 
Or do you want the guy that you drafted a couple years ago to replace him in Jordan Love? And Rodgers is going to say, oh, you didn't draft me a team. You know, draft me some more players. That, that's BS. That's nonsense, man. They're the one seed this year. They're, they're the a one, fine they, team. Like, they certainly the, have enough weapons for they've them. Been, they've been the one seed the last two years. They've got that's one right. of the, they got one of the best offensive lines in football. They got one Correct. of the best one-two running back tandems in football. A.J. Dillon is a fantastic backup. Well, that's it, Jones. man. Like, what more could you ask for? You got Devontae Adams, yeah, got who is the up there with Nuke. In the game. Your tight ends perform well. Your secondary sure. receivers are solid. Not great. They're solid. That's probably the, the weakest component. You got all the defense was fantastic. You got you got you got all the pieces to win a title. You just got to now step up and do it. And so well, far, well, the look, last man. several years, he hasn't been able to do it. Like they get at the end of the day, they gave up 13 points. That's enough to win, right? On your home they gave field, up, they gave up the zero seed. offensive touchdowns. They didn't give up a single offensive touchdown. Two field that goals. Should, that should be enough to win. Number one. Number two. Like you said, you have Devonte Adams, who is up there with you know Nuke Hopkins and Tyree Kill as the best wideouts in the league. That's enough. Number two, you have like you said, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That's a a great one-two punch at running back, right? And the other thing is, you say the other wideouts aren't good enough. I'm going to echo that and, and agree. But guess what? Rodgers was in charge of that. He decided to bring Randall Cobb back, right? That's his guy. That's the equivalent of like LeBron James bringing J.R. Smith with him to, to the Cavs, right? And, and if you're going to say, hey, Randall Cobb's my guy, then why are you only throwing one completion to a non-Devontae Adams wide receiver for a chance to go to the NFC Championship game at home, right? That's my thing. Rodgers just hasn't he hasn't done what he needed to. And I was texting. I don't know if I was texting with you specifically, but I was texting with a couple of our other friends that the pack before the game. Um, and I was at my brother-in-law's house and we were talking about this. And it's funny that it reared its head. I was saying repeatedly and repeatedly, the Packers are 32nd in DVOA on special teams, dead last. And there's never been a champion, um, let alone a Super Bowl representative that's been dead last in, in special teams DVOA. And like a minute after I said that, um, they blocked the kick right before halftime, which was three points. And then at the end of the game, they blocked the punt, which happens to be the difference in a game. And something strange, too. How often do you see a guy pick that ball up clean? That Niners defender, I don't know who it was, but how often do you see a ball that's spinning around in the air get picked up clean by a defender and run well, two yards in the end? I, I think that situation, because I actually saw that play live, and when it was blocked, so did I. it went straight up in the air. And Typically, when something's blocked, it usually goes directly down to the side or straight back where like you can get eyes on it pretty quick that had some hang time after ricocheted off the defender's hands i don't know who who got it was up in the air for what seemed like 10 minutes right and and like it looked like just green bay stopped playing and of course as soon as it hit the ground the niners saw it pounced on and he walked in untouched and that's when i knew that's when i knew that the game they had no shot like i thought the defense may may have been able to hold on and they held on for as long as they could but you can't you can't you can't win a game like that with that offensive yeah. performance and that special teams performance. I don't care how talented or how good you are. Yeah. The way, the way the Packers played that way on Saturday night, they didn't deserve to win the game. Uh, the better team You're on right. Saturday night won, which was You're the right. And, and I mean, Rodgers, and I know this is part of his allure, right? That he approaches the game, not that he doesn't care, but in a very calm manner where, you know, he's dictating – but I mean, at a certain point, man, like it's 10, 10 in the, in the playoffs in Lambeau field, he's walking up to the field with his hands and his, his, uh, his little fanny pack hand warmer, right. Taking him out right before the snap, like have some urgency, man, or something. 
Um, and I just want to, you know, before we move on to the next game, I promise I'm not going to rub this in your face too much. I know you're distraught as a Packers fan. I had to bring up our text conversations um, from last week, right before the game, where I was giving you paragraphs about how the Niners are winning. And do you remember the text you sent me? It says, you are setting yourself up for a beatdown on the podcast this week. Do you remember what I replied with? I was literally talking about myself. <laughs> well, I, I said... You know, the Packers are good, but I haven't seen them win a good win in months. And outside the division, Roger is pretty average. You said you're setting yourself up for a beatdown on the pod. And I said, or I'm setting myself up for a coronation. Well, they're, they're best. <laughs> it they're looks be- like tonight well, is be- a coronation. To go back to that point, I don't think I responded to that question because I was at a, a retirement party for uh, a good friend of mine's uh, in-laws. A retirement party? Yeah. Um, good for him. But. For the best team that the pack had beaten in the last like five, six weeks was the Rams. They beat them at home. They beat them pretty handily. And I know they're your team and everything. We're going to get to them later in this episode, but uh, let me get to them right now. You you can only control who you're playing against on the field that day. And it could be, could be a string of great teams. It could be a string of crappy teams and pack just played a bunch of average to below average teams to close out the season. Obviously, the loss to the Lions was a little eye-opening, too, even though they didn't play their starters the full game. But that's a game you still should win with the talent comparison between the two. Um, so credit to the Niners. I'm done talking about this season with the Packers. I still have my Super Bowl prop that I that I posted last week that a bunch of us are riding on with Cam Akers uh, winning the Super Bowl MVP. If that happens... I'm going to be happy and content with my cash out on that bet for sure. Yeah. Well, good cash out by you taking your uh, Packers futures off the market right before that loss. That was great timing for you. Um, You know, you mentioned the Niners kudos to them. We're going to get, we're going to talk about them when we get to the divisional championship games. Um, Don't want to, uh, you know, blow the lead yet, but we're going to move on to, like you said, my team, the Rams, uh, my team by default. And I know, you know, that this was the first game on Sunday, We'll go back to the Saturday game later. Turned out to be a great game. Um, and, you know, if you couldn't tell, tonight is a, uh, you know, an adult beverage podcast. We've had a few of these. But m- minus that, um, this does not change my my exuberance for the Rams. Um, they've, they've been my team monetarily all year. I thought they had a good shot to get to the playoffs, um, to get to the Super Bowl. They're proving me right. They're in the Final Four. But God damn it, man, if my heart rate wasn't 300 on Sunday for about an hour and a half, how do you get that kind of lead and look so good against Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever? And they just, you know, took their foot off the gas. The second half, they're running the ball on first and 10. They're running the ball on second and nine. And they're putting Stafford in these behind the chain situations where, you know, he's bound to mess up. And, you know, luckily he came through and, and that end of the game was incredible. You know, his, his two passes to cup on that final drive were amazing, but the whole time I just didn't expect it to happen. And your boy, Cam Akers, he would have been the Super Bowl MVP if the Bucks went on to win the Super Bowl because he fumbled the ball twice to them, gave up seven points before the half, and also gave the Bucks the ball back with a couple minutes left when the Rams just needed basically one first down to ice the game. Um, you would have won that bet then if, if uh, the Bucks won the Super Bowl because he would have been their MVP. But just crazy, man. Like it wasn't quite twenty-eight to three, right? It was twenty-seven to three. It was close. But that that collapse. Let's let's talk about this game in two parts. One, the first half, the Rams looked like the best team in the league, right? They're oh, they dominated. dominated. They're dominated. dominating. Their offense is clicking on all cylinders, and I think most importantly, 
They're getting Beckham involved early and often. They're giving him the first catch of the game instead of Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup knows he's number one. And if Beckham gets involved early, he's a much different player than if you don't get him involved early. Well, yeah, right? you so look that- at a, you look at a couple of plays in the first half where it was with Beckham scoring. I think Beckham scored early, or he had a couple of big catches early. Whatever he had it was. a couple of big catches. Cooper and then, Cup scored then the first touchdown. Doing that was able to allow Cooper Cup later on in that half to sneak behind the defense for that 80 yard touchdown. So Odell's taking defenders with him, which is opening up the lanes for cup, which is exactly what Robert Woods did when he was starting earlier the year before he got hurt. And that's what once obviously cup once he couldn't, he didn't have that number two guy with him. So he was getting all the, all the attention. Now you got Odell who's playing like the Odell. We know the good Odell and cup, I think is going to, play a much larger factor in these next couple of weeks. Well, I think so too. And you get Odell involved. Let's let us not forget Odell was viewed as the best wideout in football for whether it be a week or whether it be, you know, six months. Um, He's a phenomenal talent at that, right? He's definitely not the best wideout in the game, but a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal athlete. I don't know if you saw that one catch he had where he's falling out of bounds and he like double clutches the ball. You know what I'm talking about? He grabs it with one hand as he's falling down. So this guy can do some crazy stuff out there. And I think having him as an engaged participant in the team is critical for them to win because as a number two wideout, um, you know, next to Cooper Cup, who had the best season statistically in NFL history for a wideout, Uh, is a huge advantage when you have somebody capable like Matt Stafford back there throwing them the ball. So this first half, they're looking like the best team in the league, like they're going to run away with the next three weeks, right? And they dropped actually to plus 200 for the Super Bowl at halftime of that game, which is nuts, okay? Now, right before half, they have a chance to go up 27-3. Acres fumbles the ball. Um, you know, they don't get any points before the half. And at that point it's 20 to three. And if you gave me 20 to three before the game, you said, Hey, at halftime, the Rams are going to be up 20 to three. I'd be feeling pretty good. Right. Cause that that's a phenomenal half by all accountability. You held Brady to three points. You've scored 20. Obviously you're in control of the game. Um, Stafford, I think was well over 200 passing yards at that point. Cause like you yep. said, he had an 80 yard at a cup or something. I think like he was that. at 220 at halftime. 220. Yep. Even then, right? They come out of the third quarter, they get the ball first, they don't score, but then they stop the Bucks real quick. And then they do score. And now it's 27 to three and it's halfway through the third quarter. And yet still I'm having flashbacks to the Niners game at the last week of the regular season. And I'm saying, yeah, man, McVay just lets off the gas in these situations. And that offense is not as good when he's letting off the gas and he starts running the ball. He starts getting conservative and that offense is at its best when Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby are out there either blocking and or running routes on every play, Stafford is looking for an A dot of 15 or more, and yet they continue to run the ball. And I know Cam Akers is their guy, but guess what, man? He fumbled on the goal line. He doesn't get the ball again for the rest of the game, right? And they stuck with him, and I admire that, but guess what happened? He fumbled the ball at the end of the game, too. What is with these Rams that are just getting these leads, looking like the greatest team, the greatest show on turf that they used to be? And then just letting it off and letting these teams back in the games. Is that going to be a problem? I think McVay, at least in those situations, he's trying to play the analytics. When you get up big, you're going to try and limit the amount of uh, possessions that the opposing team has in the second half to score. And the way you do that is run the football and you, you just eat up time. Unfortunately, the Rams don't have a stud running back that can just churn out yards like a Derrick Henry or, uh, any, any of the other big time running backs in the, in the NFL, it's uh, relatively, 
a young running back, an inexperienced running back, obviously with uh, the two fumbles in that game. But I think McVay's got to be able to trust Stafford. Stafford's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got a Hall of Fame resume so far with his stats. I think he's got it. He won't be a first ballot, but he, he should get into Canton someday. You got to keep the ball in your best players and your playmakers hands. And for them, it's Stafford to cup and second option would definitely be OBJ in my opinion. And that's how they're going to win the Super Bowl is not taking their foot off the gas and just drilling teams and moving the ball up and down the field and letting Stafford carve it up like he's done in his entire career. So do you think there's any hesitancy in McVay? Because I like McVay and I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. We talked about his clock management last week and kind of his play calling and his timeout usage. It's not ideal, but none of the coaches really have that. I think McVay's a strong coach. Do you think any of his hesitancy and his changing in play calls has to do with the old, like, you know, don't let Stafford screw it up kind of deal? Because Stafford has thrown these picks in these last couple of weeks. Do you think any of it has to do with that, like not wanting him to have the ball in his hand to, to give, even give him the chance to screw up? I don't know. Maybe maybe McVeigh is just a little bit nervous in the in the crunch time of big games. Uh, obviously, we, we talked about we talked about it with Aaron Rodgers, great regular season guy. But when push comes to shove, when you got to win games in the playoffs that you just you don't show up consistently or for an entire game and somewhere down the line, you're going to run into a good team that will take advantage of that. If you don't play a full 60 minutes of football, you start to play conservative, run the clock. That's not the way the NFL is being built anymore. We're going to talk about it in one of the games later, but if you got to be slinging the football around majority of the game and not be afraid to throw five, six yard routes and move the ball off the field that way, if you don't have that power running game, um, like some of the other teams do, um, I think McVay, he's a smart enough guy that should be able to make the adjustments, but he's, and that's why he's coaching and I'm not, and I'm just giving what I see, which is right. it's, it's tough to do in the moment. That's for sure. No. I, and I understand and a lot of it's decision-making, but at the same time, you know um, like he did not let his foot off the gas on Arizona and that's why they continued to win. And, and I know Arizona is not a very good team and Kyler is different from Tom Brady. Right. But you saw this two weeks ago or three, whenever he played the Niners. Okay. The same deal. They were up 20 to nothing at half or 20 to three or something like that. Um, and they let him right back in the game because they started running the ball. And I think somebody should tell him, and maybe you and I need to take this upon ourselves to go write McVeigh a letter that, Hey, a two yard slant to Cooper cup is the same as a run. It accomplishes the same thing. It allows Stafford to have the ball. Um, but it's still a completed pass and the clock still runs. Right. And now you're not running the ball. You're not taking your foot off the gas on these passing plays. And I, I just think that's where their offense is. And as a Rams better, I'm very nervous for this game against the Niners because Shanahan owns him. They haven't beaten them. The, the Rams haven't beaten the Niners since 2018. And I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet against them um, because I do think they win this game. And, and I think that they cover whatever the spread is, but I'm very worried that they're going to kind of let off. Maybe they build this big lead and, and maybe it just doesn't all go their way at the end of the game. Um, but they, they've been a great team all year. And I, I do have faith in them to continue this this next week. Well, one um, of the one of the concerns is too is LA is not typically known for being like a homer stadium like Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Or no, Green not at Bay. all. And San Francisco is in California. They are going to travel fans to that game. Um, well, so did, you, I, did you see what's going on? I with their I, tickets. I believe I did, but if you want to explain it for our uh, viewers, yeah. So the ahead. SoFi ticket website, right? Um, has posted 
that you will need to show proof of residency um, to purchase tickets or to purchase resale tickets, and you need to be local. You cannot be from San Francisco or elsewhere <laughs> to purchase these tickets. It's a small uh, I, I believe they've taken that language down um, because I'm not sure that's totally legal, but they are essentially encouraging um, you know, LA Rams fans, however many there are to buy these tickets. And I forget who it was, but some wife of, of the lineman on the Rams or something has offered to buy any resale tickets, uh, from fans so that they do not go to Niners fans, which is crazy that this is even happening, but it's the same thing we talked about with the chargers, right? There's just no chargers fans in LA right. Rams have more fans in LA, but LA is such a, a dense, you know, uh, magnet, um, what am I looking for? Conglomeration of people from everywhere that there's Cowboys fans in LA. There's Niners fans in LA. There's not a lot of, there's not a surplus of Rams fans in LA. Right. So it should be an interesting game. I'm glad that they get another home game though. Uh, that's, that's huge. You know, could as a four be, seed could, could be back to back home games. It, it could be back right. to back. They, they could have the Super Bowl there too. So it's the very rare home away home home split uh, for the Rams. So let, let's hope they get it. Uh, the first game of the week, let's rewind a little bit. Feels like 10 years ago, right? Bengals Titans was uh, mid Saturday afternoon. It started when the sun was up on Saturday. And I don't feel like I took another breath until the sun set on uh, almost midnight on Sunday. But the Bengals Titans, and man, I keep betting against Joe Burrow. I keep betting against these Bengals. I feel like I'm right every goddamn week, and they keep winning. How are they doing it? They, I don't know because the offensive line isn't helping their quarterback out. He got sacked nine times in that game. Nine times. You Saturday. don't win when you get sacked nine times. But you got you got a playmaker like Jamar Chase. I know he's a rookie, but he's had that connection with Burrow since they were teammates at LSU. And obviously that's translated to the to professional level um, pretty quickly. And it's it's going to be a great combination to watch over the next several years. Uh, the, nine, or the, uh, the Bengals have flash right now. Joe Burrow wins big games. He's proven that his entire career, although short, you look at college, he won the national title. He's now won back-to-back playoff games. The Bengals haven't done that in years, 30 plus They haven't years, even won one. Whatever it was. Right. And uh, now we, you got a chance to shock the world, go into Kansas City and steal a game. And if you can keep the game close and they've got a, they've got a rookie field goal kicker who is gutsy, and he, yeah, he reminds me a lot of uh, Robbie Gold right now. Gold's not missing field goals ever in the postseason. This guy, McPherson, he he could be the difference maker uh, in Kansas City on Sunday. I don't know if they're playing the earlier the night game on Sunday, but uh, – They're playing first. I, I'm assuming this line – I haven't looked at it yet. I'm assuming it's going to be a touchdown or more for Kansas City at home, but I would not be surprised to see the Bengals really – grit this out and keep it close they did beat the chiefs a couple weeks ago in cincinnati uh they won i believe they won on a field goal um Mm -hmm. so it's it's there it's there for them and they've got an opportunity which i don't think anybody would have predicted the Bengals being the uh one of two afc finalists this year they're probably they're probably a couple years early like our uh our red Sox we've been discussing uh so many episodes ago they're they're a season maybe two seasons early which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you said, McPherson is, is the legit and that's important to have a good kicker like that. You think of the good kickers in the league. Um, you have gold, you have Tucker, obviously. Uh, and now you have McPherson when you have that guy back and Bucker, of course, right. When you have those guys back, although he didn't look too good on Sunday, but when you have those guys back there, it does perform 
you know, promote a level of confidence. And I don't know if you heard, if you heard Burrow after the game, um, but he was saying when McPherson out there and he's warming up, you know, doing his kick, his kick swings, he's telling the holder, he's like, well, looks like we're going to the N- the AFC championship game uh, before he even takes that kick. Um, and that's the level of confidence you want from your team, right? So they believe it and they're right to believe it because they're in the AFC championship. I don't believe it, Burke. I don't believe them at all. I don't know how they've skated by these past two weeks. They were aided by an inadvertent whistle against the Raiders. They were aided by the worst play call of the weekend to go back to our opening segment. The Titans have the ball. It's third and one near midfield. All they need to do is get a first down and they win the game. They run a Ryan Tannehill option play. When is the last time Ryan Tannehill has run an option play, man? That was ridiculous. He loses two yards and then they run Derrick Henry on fourth and two. And obviously they're running Derrick Henry on fourth and two and they get stuffed. And then, you know, the Bengals get the ball back and they go down and score. Um, but I feel like they've kind of skated by these two weeks. They've, they've gotten a bit lucky and not to say they're not good. They're one of the final four teams. So obviously they're a good team. Burrow has proven himself calm and, and collected. And even though he got sacked nine times, he got up every time and he marched them down the field. And I admire him for that. I don't believe in them. And I know you said they beat the, the Chiefs a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati, and they did. They won by a field goal. Since I can tell you Cincinnati feels like they got refereed in that game because the, the Chiefs were up by 14 two separate occasions in that game. And if not for a pass interference call on a third and forever to Jamar Chase, that was kind of weak if we, if we want to be blunt about it. No referees are watching the show, but if they are, it was kind of weak, Sean Hockley. Uh, and he's not on this game. Sean Hockley is not calling this game. Thank God. Uh, as far as I know, thank God. And uh, I feel like the chiefs are just going to be out for blood in this game. You said the line was seven. It is seven. It opened at six and a half. There's no way it gets back down to six and a half. It will stay at that seven. Yep. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what kind of juice these books will lay on the seven. We might see like minus minus one thirty for a normal line of minus seven, which is nuts. Cause I don't think they let it go to six and a half. Um, I don't know how the chiefs lose this one. I mean, if, if you had to take a guess, cause I know this answer. The game total is 54 and a half. So you can do the math. What do you think the chiefs projected point total is this week? 54 and a half. It's probably like 31. It's 31, exactly 31. And the over is like minus 120. So they're getting to 31 points. I don't know how the Bengals keep up and, and get to 30 or 28. Even I don't, I don't know. know. You may, if they let, if they uh, let Burrow kind of sling it a little bit, you never know what could happen. And we, we saw yeah. a, uh, a gun show, a gunslinging show on Sunday night between Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's going to be a matchup over the next eight to 10 years, as long as they stay with their respective teams. That's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, it'll probably be the new AFC rivalry based on how these teams are set up and how young Allen and Mahomes are, even though it seems like they've been around forever so far. Well, that. That's what we in the biz call a good transition there, Burke, to our last game of the weekend, Bills Chiefs, which was the best game I maybe have ever seen. Um, I hate that they started at 630 because that Rams game ended about 615. And I actually had to go for a walk around my block after that game because I was so I feel like I played in that game. You probably had to change um, your underwear. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Oh, I had to change every layer that I had on me. Yeah. Um, and I almost slipped on the ice outside and I, you know, I just, I couldn't, <laughs> I had to leave my phone at home. I had to be away from my, my family for a bit. I don't know, but, uh, they started that game at six 30 and it didn't end till what felt like 2 AM. I felt like I was watching that game for hours. It was fantastic. The, the showdown of Mahomes and Allen is going to be 
you know, people are comparing it to Brady and, and Manning, it, you know, it, it has the potential to be better, right? Not saying that either one of those quarterbacks are as good as uh, Brady or Manning, and they might be, who knows? But the, the pure quarterbacking strength and the way the game has evolved to these quarterbacks, uh, it, it's insane. And the over was never in doubt at that game. It was 14-14 at halftime, so not super high flying uh, on pace for 56. But I, I never doubted that they would score points. And in the last two minutes, Mahomes threw for over 220 yards. And Josh Allen threw for over 150. In the last two minutes of the game, okay? Um, and I want to start here because there's a lot of aspects I want to go to this game. Uh, Josh Allen did nothing wrong in that game. No. Um, it's you know, good for the chiefs that they won, but how bad do you feel for Josh, man? He's, he's, he's going to get his, I don't know when it's going to be. If, as long as he continues to perform like that on the big stage, uh, I, I don't remember a quarterback having as good of a rating that Josh Allen had on Sunday night and losing a game. Uh, Gabriel Davis, four tutties, 200 plus yards receiving. He's going to be, he's going to be a fantasy get next year in those middle rounds to, to fill out your wide receiving uh, slots. Are you going to uh, take him before you take a kicker? You think I might take McPherson like first or second <laughs> round. The guy's got stones. No, but I, I, I just, it, it's a tough way to lose. Somebody had to lose that game, unfortunately, because both quarterbacks played fantastic. Uh, playmakers were getting theirs all over the place. Um, the only gripe I really have and I know a lot of people are going to be talking about that is should the NFL change their overtime rules and give at least in the playoffs give that opposing team a shot at redemption yeah well and that's where I wanted to start actually after we talked about Josh Allen and I don't want I'm not done with him but I wanted to start there with the overtime rules because you know they're not fair and I think Josh said it perfectly after the game he said you know, there's nothing we can do. Those are the rules. Obviously, you know, the rules going in. So he's not complaining about him. And what he said was, we would have been celebrating too, if we got the ball first. So there's nothing, you know, the bills aren't crying about the rule or anything, but the rule is bad, man. It's the fact terrible. that, that Mahomes, you know, essentially Josh Allen called heads and they lost the game because he called heads. Right. Yep. And now people are going to say, well, defense has to matter. Well, yeah, it does matter. But like, at a certain point, the quarterback play gets so elite that you can't do anything about it. Right. And right. even if you hold Mahomes to holding him to a field goal, there is, is a major victory holding him to no score is impossible in that scenario. Right. So I think there's a couple interesting scenarios. Um, somebody I was listening to this week had an interesting play. I don't know how I feel about it totally, but he said, whoever gets the ball first, let's say Mahomes gets the ball. Right. And they score a touchdown in uh, eight plays. Josh Allen gets the ball and has to score a touchdown in seven plays and they win. What do you think about that? That, that is interesting. It's uh, interesting. It's a little too complicated for me and I don't love it, but I can see like, you know, on the CBS broadcast, you got Romo. Oh, uh, Jim, that's getting to five plays. He's only got two left. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that would be super interesting to see. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's too complicated for me. Yeah. I, I could see them potentially adapting some of the college aspects where you alternate possessions like college, you start the 25, maybe for the right. NFL, you start the 45 or you start the 50 even. Um, and you, and you alternate until the tie is broken, at least gives both teams an opportunity to do something with the football. Cause for a game of this magnitude to go on to the AFC championship game and have your entire playoff line 
be held to a coin toss is just blasphemy. Yeah. Bills should be fighting tooth and nail to get a rule addendum to the NFL to make this change. I know the Chiefs had they tried it when uh well, it was a couple of years ago when Brady, when Brady got the ball and Mahomes didn't beat touch him it. at home and they didn't see the ball. You had that situation in the Super Bowl when Brady beat the Falcons. They took the ball in overtime and never gave it back. It's just it feels like you can't put the weight on something in a game that's completely out of your control like a coin toss. It, it's just unfair yeah. for both teams involved. And and I think, you know, that play counter is interesting. I think, you know, the Ravens had something preseason they proposed where one team gets to pick where the ball starts on the field and the other team gets to pick offense or defense. I think that's somewhat interesting. So or, you could or, pick the ball starts on your own 10 and then the team gets to say, hey, we want to drive 90 yards or we want to stop you from going nine. I think that's interesting. I think the simplest solution is just play another quarter. Play 15 more minutes. Both well, teams play, get to touch yeah, the ball. Yeah, play, play a full 15-minute full quarter. And if it's tied after that, then – Play another one. Play another one. Or go to sudden death after that because both teams have had their opportunities to score. Or after the first overtime, you go to a uh, – you, you're not going to want to hear me say this, but you can go to a kickoff with, with oh field goal God. kickers to, to, set, to set the uh, – That's the last thing I want to hear. Like a shootout in soccer or hockey. That'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, all, I, I mean, the root of it is – the I don't like that, but the root of it is both teams have to touch the ball, right? You, I don't want to cry about it too much, but you can't have one team score and then, you know, the game is over because Josh Allen would have scored the next possession if they had the ball. Now, here's, the, here's the, where, where we have to end. The Bills can avoid this if they hold the lead for 13 MF in seconds, right? They score, and I don't, I don't know if you were watching the game at this point, I hope you were. Josh Allen throws a touchdown on fourth and 17, I think, or fourth and 13. And he throws it to Gabe Davis. Yep. And he's wide open. And the camera pans to Josh Allen. And he's got this look on his face. And I keep seeing this look, right? Because I'm watching this live on TV and I'm stunned. And he has that look. And you, you know it because you play sports. I play sports. Like we get the idea of being in the moment. He's not celebrating. He's not like jumping up and down, f- pumping his fist. He's standing there like staring out into space, like goosebumps all over his body. Like I just effing did it, right? Like I did it. I did what I came here to do. We were here one year ago and we lost to this team and we watched their fireworks on their field and I just beat them. I did what I had to do. And he's standing there like deep breathing, looking out into space. Everybody's hugging him and he has no idea what's going on. And I just, I can't believe that they blew that lead. You have 13 seconds just to squib kick it. They had to go the length of the field. one. They had to go the length of the field. And Mahomes got 56 yards in 13 seconds. Two plays. Which inexcusable. In my, in my opinion, that you, as a defense in that situation where they have to go the length of the field, I mean, a lot of these guys, they're playing prevent defense, but you're trying to prevent a field goal. You're not trying to prevent a touchdown. That's it. They prevent were playing the to stop the end zone prevent the field goal instead. And, and I don't know if you saw, maybe send, send, send guys, make, make Mahomes scramble and run, make him do something. Right. Yeah. You know, and and I don't know if you saw, there's two things interesting here. Number one um, on that last play to Kelsey, the first catch to Ty Hill, like I kind of understand how they let that happen. The second one to Kelsey is inexcusable. and, And the replays, you can hear Mahomes on the broadcast, literally saying, he says, do it, Kelsey, do it, do it. And that means, you know, run the the post route or whatever they've called. 
he is audibly saying Kelsey's name and the bills just don't guard him. They let him run a post route in the middle. Kelsey's their best player, their second best player, and they're leaving him open. Well, that's inexcusable. Yeah. Well, that part, part of that too is how good these quarterbacks are. I'm sure Mahomes sure. saw exactly saw what something. defense was out there, and he knew regardless of what they did, if they audible or not, that Kelsey was going to be open. And you can – sure. I mean, like when you're a pitcher and you kind of tip your pitches, but you're still getting guys out, that's kind of what – Mahomes was doing just play showing his cards and saying here's what I'm going to do to beat you and he went out and executed in the moment got got uh Bucker in field goal range and uh the rest is history well here's the next thing too two aspects to this there's 13 seconds left if you just don't kick off out of the end zone I've seen a lot of people saying squib kick squib kick you just have to kick off to like the five or the ten make them run it back Right. And now you're down to nine seconds and that's one play instead of two. Also, once they line up, they could have literally tackled every chiefs receiver on the field and taken a five yard penalty. Like there's 10 ways to win that game with 13 seconds left. And it, you know, it, it sickens me as a, somebody who had a significant financial stake in a Rams bills, super bowl to see that, but also somebody who just wanted to see Josh. And I have nothing against the chiefs. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love the chiefs offense, but like, Man, Josh Allen feels like he deserved that one, doesn't he? Yeah, but football is a team sport, and you yep. got to depend on the yep. guys when you're not on the field to get it done for you. And unfortunately, uh, the Bills' defense let Josh and the offense down in those final dreadful 13 seconds. Yeah, and and he'll be seeing that all year. You know, we've had for um, over a calendar year now the image of Steph Diggs uh, in the background of the Chiefs celebration last year. You remember that? I, I've been seeing that make its round oh, around yeah, Twitter. With, with the confetti coming down. With the confetti coming down and him just standing kind on. of frozen in time. We're going to have that that Josh Allen sitting on the bench with his helmet on. I almost, you know, they, they keep panning to him in the overtime. He's got his helmet on. He's ready. He feels like he's going to go back out there and he has to feel that way. You have to. And, and he, he's never going to, he's never, he never got a shot. And, um, you know, so if you're the bills, you almost say like, well, what, what the hell do we do? Right. Because this, this was our best shot and we still couldn't beat the chiefs on their home turf. Like, what do you do to retool? I don't know. It's going to be a long off season for them. Um, I don't think, I don't think they have to really retool too much. They got, well, they don't, but the thing is they still lost to the chiefs. They still, they gave it all they had. How do you play a better game than that? And they lost. Figure out, figure out on defense and crunch time. That's simple. I guess so. I guess so. Well, after all that, man, we're down to two, uh, we're down to two games left, only three games left in the whole NFL season. It's kind of sad in a way, but four teams, most, I, I want to talk about the most enticing Super Bowl matchups. Cause there's four different options, right? To me, the most appealing Super Bowl matchup is chiefs Rams. Do you agree or disagree? Out of the teams that are left? Yes. That would be the most exciting to watch for sure. I think this, you got a lot yeah. of storylines. You got coaches and basically teams that have been both of them have been to a super bowl in the last three years right um i don't think you can get a better matchup than that but you could also get the chiefs niners rematch from two years ago too yeah and that's Uh, number two on my list is chiefs niners i I don't know that i want to see the rematch but i would enjoy it more than the Bengals being there i think i don't want to watch a Bengals super bowl i don't know do you not yet not yet i mean it's a fun story and like burrow is entertaining and he's going to be a great quarterback. Hell, you could say he already is a great quarterback. Um, I don't really want to see him in the Super I would much rather see – I feel like we got robbed if we didn't see the winner of that Mahomes-Allen game in the Super Bowl. 
So I, I kind of want to see the Chiefs. Obviously, I'm biased because I want to see the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think the most boring Super Bowl is Bengals Niners. I, I don't know. Is that you on pace with that? Yeah, I mean, I I think with the star power that the Rams and Chiefs yeah. potentially have, uh, you wouldn't get that much out of a Niners Bengals matchup. Right. Um, obviously that could change. You got you got players like Debo Samuel and uh Bosa on the Niners who, sure. who are becoming household superstars in their own rights. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase doing the same thing as well. But uh, right now it's, it, it's, it's trending toward, and I really hope it it's Mahomes versus Stafford. I think it'd be a great opportunity for Stafford in his uh, first Super Bowl appearance to see what he can do on the big stage. And uh, they've got, they got superstars all over the field. You got Aaron Donald, yep. best, best defensive player of the last decade. You got you got OBJ and Cooper Cup, who are stud wide receivers. Yep. Uh, obviously, you got the three headed monster with Mahomes, Kelsey, and uh, Hill. So, well, you be, probably have some of the best at their position, right? Probably Mahomes is the best quarterback you'd want right now. Donald's the best defensive player you'd want right now. Kelsey's the best tight end you'd want right now. Cooper Cup is probably the best, best wideout you'd want right now, right? And so Tyreek might be number two. Aren't and Tyreek is number two. Like, how do you beat that matchup? Plus, you got Chris Jones on the other side, right? There's a lot of star power. Jalen Ramsey. There's a lot of star power in these teams, and, and I would love to see that. Obviously. Um, I'm financially invested and biased that I would want to see the Rams there. Same, so I think but, but same, but for much for you too, for, for Cam Akers, uh, yep. if he wins the MVP. And I think this is worth a conversation for our viewers. So we're going to talk about something called hedging. This is a betting podcast and we want to talk about betting and gambling and how to make the most money. And there's a strategy out there called hedging, right? And hedging your bet, for those of you that don't know, means when you bet on a certain outcome and suddenly you think the outcome is going to shift the other way, you can hedge your bet. So if I bet $100 on result A, and suddenly I like result B, well, I can bet $100 on result B, and I can essentially either win if it's result B, or I can neutralize myself, um, you know, and break even uh, if option A happens, right? So me, uh, let's, let's say I have $100 that I'm going to win if the Rams win the Super Bowl. That might be more, that might be less than I have stakes. I don't, I don't want to disclose that on this podcast. I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> I think it might be a little less than I have stake, but let's say I stand to win hundred dollars if the Rams win the Super Bowl, right? There's ways to hedge it at this point because they've made it to the final four teams and the ways to hedge it are a couple different methods. And I'm interested to pick Burke's brain because I've been thinking about this all week and I've been running the scenarios. All right. And I'm going to pull up the FanDuel Sportsbook app right here just to get the odds of um, all these scenarios that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but what you would think first is okay, well, why don't I just bet the other three teams to win the Super Bowl, right? If I have the Rams at this point, I can bet the other three teams and I can win no matter what, all right? Well, the Chiefs are plus 130, the Niners are plus 460, and the Bengals are plus 850. So that leaves you vulnerable if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, right? So I can't do that. Are you right? Right. Am I right? Right. Because if the Chiefs win, then I lose the Niners, Rams, and Bengals bet, and I don't make enough to make that back, right? Correct. Okay. So here's the other options that you could do. You can take the exact Super Bowl matchup and I can bet Chiefs Niners and I can bet Bengals Niners, all right, at plus 230 for Chiefs Niners and plus 900 for Bengals Niners. And if I bet that at a fraction, I can lock in about 30% of my Rams bet. Do you think that's even worth it? 
I don't think so at this point. I'm not a big okay. edging guy. I kind of I trust my instincts that my original bet's going to be the one going through. But if you're if you're not as confident in your original bet, uh, you shouldn't have placed it in the first place. Being <laughs> the the responsible gamblers that uh, follow us. Um, but if you're looking to make sure you do turn a profit on something, it's definitely, uh, an avenue to consider, um, to take other options that provide a larger payout. Um, don't invest as much money in it, but if it does happen, you're going to, you're going to come out in the green. Well, you're right. And here's the other thing I can do. And, and I'm going to, if I haven't lost you already, I'm definitely going to lose you right now. You could place three bets. You can place a Chiefs Niners Super Bowl and a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl bet at even odds and plus 230. All right. And then on top of that, you can place a Bengals Niners money line parlay at plus 856. And that way, if the Chiefs win, you have all Super Bowl options accounted for. And if the Bengals win, you have a Niners money line bet and you have a Rams Super Bowl bet. And that locks in about 25% of the Rams bet. Am I way overthinking this or just a little bit overthinking this? I think you're crazy. But <laughs> if you, if well, you don't you're think, not, you're not you going to think I'm crazy in a second. Cause you know what I did today? Uh oh. I thought about all these strategies and I said, you know, how can I hedge the Rams? How can I guarantee myself some money? I've made it since July with these bets. And you know what I did? I placed a $500 wager on the Rams to beat the Chiefs at plus 400. Let's go. I'm all in on the Rams, baby. Let's do it. All your eggs are in one basket, my friend. All my eggs are in the Rams basket. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Rams are going to win. And like you said, hedging over the long term is a negative EV proposition. So it decreases your expected value. So hedging is not good over the long term. So we don't like to hedge, right? We bet these Rams for a reason and we want to stick with that. That's basically what you were saying, right? Yep. Nothing has changed. We're, cl- we're much closer to the finish line now than we were in July. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you've made a profitable futures bet um, and you get close and you want to hedge, um, you know, my suggestion would just be don't do it. Um, now, if the Rams get to the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to hedge and just bet the Chiefs because that's a much simpler hedge to make and to say, hey, I've made it eight months let me just hedge for like 70%, right? And guarantee myself 70% either way. At that point, I think it makes sense, right? I would agree for sure. Yeah, Uh, but at this week, you probably can't. So speaking of this week, uh, let's talk about it. So we got two good games. I think two pretty good games. Start with the 49ers at Rams. That's the late game. Rams minus three and a half. Total is 46 and a half. Uh, McVay hasn't beat Shanahan since 2018. Uh, Rams have looked vulnerable and Rams have looked you know, impenetrable the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, who you got in this one? At three and a half. I, three and I a half. It's probably the right line, right? It's yeah. I, I honestly do think it's a three point game, which is why the Niners are very tempting at plus three. Um, three and a half. And well, you take, if you think the Niners are going to keep it within three, the Niners are going to cover three and a half. Yep. The Rams don't. So that's, that's Vegas. Vegas knows what we're thinking, knows what most of America's thinking with this game. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the Rams are going to use that loss to San Francisco a few weeks ago as motivation all week. And I think in order to support your hefty investment in this, team 
I am going to ride the Rams. Let's go. Minus three and a half. And I think they cover this relatively easily. I mean, I appreciate the support and I'm kind of in the same boat. I can't go against the Rams at this point. They've beaten the bucks. Um, you know, they've beaten Tom Brady. So what else could I, why, why else would I doubt them? Right. The Packers are gone. They don't have to go to Lambeau. They're at home now yet. Somehow they're here against their division rival that they just blew a lead to a month ago could have knocked them out of the playoffs, which coincidentally has worked in their favor so far because they got to go to Tampa against the de- depleted bucks team and the Packers got knocked out by somebody else. The three and a half is a hard hook. It's a hard hook to stomach for me because I can see this being a three point game, no matter what the score is at halftime. I think this game stays under the total of 46 and a half. I don't think the Niners can put up many points. And I think that Niners D is trouble. If I, if Sean McVay, if you are out there on this, can you see who's watching the YouTube live stream is Sean McVay in our chat room right now? Because if he is, I I just want to look in the camera and I want to tell him if you get a lead or if the game is close, the Niners want you to run the ball. Do not give them what they want. They are the best run defense in the league. They will entice you to run the ball. They will put, you know, seven, six people in the box. They will want Cam Akers to scurry up the middle. They will want to strip him. Do not give them what they want. Continue to use Stafford. Continue to use your weapons. Continue to pressure Jimmy. All right. He's hurt. He's handsome as hell, but he is hurt. His thumb hurts and his shoulder hurts, right? Let, and I'm let, not sure which one is let more important. Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller loose. That's right. And and the Rams pressure very well um, up the middle and on, on the edge on occasion too with, uh, with Vaughn Miller now, his resurgence, right? Jimmy tried to throw about six interceptions last week, and he only threw one, but he tried to throw four or five, right? Let him throw those picks, okay? Keep the ball... You know, if you give up the ball because you're passing and, and they're incompletes, that's not a problem because if you give Jimmy enough throws, he's going to screw it up, okay? So McVay should keep his thumb or keep his uh, foot on the gas in this one. I have to pick the Rams. I think the game stays under. What do you think about the total, 46 and a half? I, th- I really do think it's going to come down to defense and kicking, quite frankly. Um, I just, I, I, 46 and a half is probably the right number i could see this game being like i mean 27 20 puts it over oh god 47 is the right number right yeah, yeah i think that's a tough 46 and a half gets tough i don't know that i'm gonna bet the under but if i had to go one way or another i would take the under maybe 23 17 that's kind of what i see 14, it as 23 16 kind of like kind of see the, it as a 23 kind of what the Bengals have been dealing with through their run those kind of scoring games yeah. Um, I just, I think with the pressure of getting to the Super Bowl, McVay is going to play a little conservative and I think it's going to shorten the game a little bit. Same with the Niners. They're going to try and run the football. We know what they're going to try and do. Sure. Um, and I think it's going to result in a, a much quicker game because the clock's going to be running all the time. So naturally that means less points with less attempts. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I and and it really it. comes down to, you know, so Jimmy's finger has been hurting. And, um, you know, against the Cowboys and, and the Rams, he didn't really uh, numb the pain before the game is what I'm hearing. And then it ha- he tried to tough through it, right? And at halftime, he couldn't. So he injected whatever numbing or pain management they use. And then he played better in the second halves of those games. Um, and last week, he did use the, the pain management or whatever. And this week, he's going to use the pain management. So I could see them coming out a little hotter. Um, but I have to stick with the Rams here. 
I can't bet against my team at this point. Play the three and a half at home. Rams get this done. They're just the better team. Uh, the early game, Bengals at Chiefs. Chiefs are minus seven, as we said earlier. The total in this one's 54 and a half, so it's very steep. We just saw a thriller. I think it was, what, 31-28, right, in the last one, or 34-31, or something like that. The Bengals won on a field goal in the last seconds of the game. Uh, I don't see any scenario, and I've been saying this for three, three weeks, so I apologize to our listeners, but I'm going to say it again. I don't see any scenario the Bengals win this game. The Chiefs should cover the seven. The game should go over this 54 and a half. I don't know how the Bengals stop Mahomes and the Chiefs after what I just saw last week. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, aren't they, bud? All signs are pointing to that, yes, but I do see the Bengals getting off to a hot start. Um, they've shown that in the first two playoff games. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals have a lead after the first quarter. Um, it's happened before uh, with the Chiefs. They've, they've gotten down pretty big early, and they've come all the way back and kind of rolled in the game. Um, I'm expecting something similar here. So I wouldn't be, I'd look at the, the Bengals uh, first quarter. Um, that's probably my prop bet for the week, but I think the chiefs cover this seven. Uh, I just don't think the, uh, the Bengals are a little too inexperienced in this big of a moment. No, nobody's been there before from this team really. Um, and this will be, this is the third or fourth straight AFC championship game for the chiefs. Now I think it's four. fourth and not only is- that, but the fourth one that they have hosted, Yes, they're That's impressive. Having these games at home are critical. Um, and Arrowhead is a very home, big home field advantage, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. Um, I just, I think the Chiefs are going to put up some numbers. The Bengals are going to put up numbers early, but I think they're going to fall out. Um, I see this game being like 30 to 13. Oh, wow. So, so you think the Chiefs win big, huh? And this yeah, game stays I, under. Yeah. So I was just I was just out to dinner with one of my friends, Donovan, and he is giving me shit for talking about the Bengals and how they have skated by here on these whistles and these play calls, right? And he's right to an extent. I'm making excuses because I bet on the other end of these games both weeks. But the results still hold true. They have skated by here. They barely beat the Raiders. They barely beat the Titans. You can't convince me that they're in the same league as the Chiefs after what I just saw in that Mahomes-Allen fest on Sunday night. I think seven's the right number. I think the Chiefs cover it. I don't know that I'm going to bet it at seven, though. I think that the tease that's screaming at all of us this week is probably Chiefs minus one, Niners plus nine and a half, right? I could definitely see that. That probably hits, doesn't it? You got got the Rams and Niners, two divisional rivals that don't like each other. So I mean, it seems too obvious. Naturally, that game is going to be close, which is why the line's at three and a half, even though we think the Rams are significantly better team. Um, And giving the Chiefs only a point favor when we know they're going to – they should 99% of the time win this game in this kind of situation at home with everything on the line. Uh, that's a that's a hell of a tease to play, and it's something that it's an interesting tease. <laughs> all of our we should pitch that to our viewers and subscribers and our followers, so we can all win some money this weekend. I'm gonna tweet it out because I I think that hits, um, and and it's kind of a hedge against the Rams in a way, but I think that one hits. I don't want to mess with the game total. I think this one probably goes over 54 and a half because the Chiefs definitely score. And I think the Bengals score. My favorite prop of the week is probably going to be Joe Burrow passing attempts. Uh, he's been around 36, 36 and a half the past couple of weeks. I think we see 38 in this one, 37 and a half. Um, so I'm going to go over that. Just the props aren't out yet, but take note of that. If you see a 37, a 38, 37 and a half, um, take the over on that one. Cause I don't see any scenario in this way where they stop the Chiefs. And I think Burrow's throwing some, just a lot some, of something over. else to look for. That's been kind of hot has been 
total points by field goal kickers in the playoffs. Some of yeah, these that's interesting are, too. Because you're getting a lot of lines right now at like six, six and a half for kickers. Se- seven's usually the mark, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, Gold's been clearing it. McPherson's been clearing it. Bucker can clear it with seven touchdowns from Mahomes, no problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it's that's also another prop that we should all be considering this week because knowing McVay being the conservative guy he is in the second half, he, you could be seeing a field goal fest at least in the Rams Niners for sure. Um, and I, outside, I don't know if the Bengals going to be able to punch it in too often. So another good bet would be uh, trusting McPherson to get you some points, which. So the, the downfall on that though, is if they miss one kick, they probably lose it. Right. But you're saying these four kickers are probably good enough to get there. Well, not to jinx anybody, but Gould's never missed in the playoffs. McPherson hasn't missed in the playoffs. Um, well, I just watched Matt Gay come up 10 yards short on a 47-yard field goal to ice the game in Tampa Bay the other week. That's a that's crazy. I haven't seen a short field goal in years. Did you see that? I actually missed that, no. So it was from 47. He was probably three yards short of the crossbar. It was dead on center, but he was short. That's unusual. Was, he, you don't was it tipped that. at the line or anything? No. Nope. Just came just, up short. Super weird. Yeah. I do that with my um, wedges sometimes. Just chunk it or uh... – slice it sounds familiar to a lot of our golf game doesn't it yeah uh speaking of our golf games i swept you last week in this playoff draft um eight and oh for me i won every spread and every total that's almost impossible that that would happen so i'm up 14 7 in the uh total playoff draft here we've only got three games left so we're going to make the super bowl worth a little bit more so you can try to catch up but you still got to win you got to beat me this week if you're going to catch up so right, a reminder, I'm playing, I'm playing for a sweep this week. I can't. Remind, you might need one. A reminder for everybody out there. We're picking uh, the total and the spread of each game over the course of the playoffs. Um, I'm up 14 to seven. Burke, since you're down, I'm going to let you go first. And then since there's only two games, I'm going to sandwich the middle this week. You're right with that one, two, one. Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's do that. So I'm going to give you first pick. We got Cincinnati plus seven uh, Niners plus three and a half. And the totals in the games is 54 and a half in the Kansas city game and 46 and a half in the Rams game. So you go first. Give me a chiefs minus seven. All right. So Burke's on Kansas city. I like that pick. I'm on Cincinnati. I don't like that pick, but I'll take it. So then I'm going to pick two. I have to take the Rams minus three and a half. So that's going to give you the Niners plus three and a half. Yep. And then which total do I like more? Man, this is tough. I am going to go over on the Chiefs-Bengals game. Nice, because I like the under in that game. All right, well, there you go. You got it. So what are you picking on the Niners-Rams? 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Uh, I'll take the over. Okay, so he's going over. I'm going. I do. Under. I do like that 27 to 20 score for the Rams. That's not a bad pick. Yeah. So he goes over. All right. So Burke, you're going to need at least three of these probably to have a chance. That would be. Uh, you're probably going to need all four. <laughs> unless, unless, unless we make the Super Bowl like eight times worth. I'll give you a shot in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll give you a shot either way. But you're probably get, you need at least three. You're probably going to need all four to catch up to me. Uh, so that'll be fun. But uh, let's talk about some of our playoff strategies just to finish up today that we've been touting all playoffs. Um, the three rules that we've had, number one, do not bet on bad quarterbacks. Number two, home field matters. And number three, no dogs unless you think they can win outright. Do not bet on bad quarterbacks, rule number one. 
uh, in our agenda. All I have is Tannehill, apparently, because apparently he's a bad quarterback. And if I knew that before this game, I wouldn't have bet on them. But he was the worst quarterback this week, right? Yeah, three pick. Well, I mean, yeah, he, by far he was the worst. You can't yeah. throw three inter- interception and expect to win the game. Just right. unacceptable, especially at home. And they should have won that game. They should have won that game. They had plenty of opportunities to put it away, and they didn't because Tannehill was the worst quarterback. He threw a pick on the first play of the game. He threw a pick on his first pass of the second half. Threw a pick Uh, on his last pass of the game. And he threw a pick on his last pick. So he bookended the game with interceptions, and coming out of the half, he threw an interception. Probably any one of those doesn't go for an interception. The Titans win the game, right? Even if he throws two, they probably win that game, right? Agreed. So uh, this strategy holds true. There's no bad quarterbacks left. Uh, Jimmy's probably the worst. Joe Burrow is the least experienced. Stafford, yeah. I would go Mahomes, Stafford, and then maybe Burrow and Jimmy tied just because Jimmy's been to a Super Bowl and Burrow hasn't had a lot of experience, but Jimmy kind of sucks, Burrow's, right? Burrow's 2-0 and in the playoffs. It, you can't argue with wins. Well, he's 2-0, and sure. And so is Stafford, though, right? Wins. Stafford's 2-0 and this year, too, with his new yeah, team. Yeah, but Stafford's been there with the Lions, and he's lost before. Now, the Lions don't really. <laughs> I don't know right. if that team is indicative of him. But so who's the worst quarterback this week? Is it, it's not Stafford, right? It's Burrow or it's, uh, Jimmy. I'd probably, I'd probably take Burrow out. Of, like, I don't, I think Jimmy's just a tad better just cause he's had the experience. He's been to a Super yeah. Bowl. He's well, been I think the team's better. Before. I think the Niners team is better. And I think the chiefs team is better than anybody in the field. So I'm well, going to say, think, I think the, the Niners out of the situation. dogs have a better chance to win outright than the I do Bengals too. do, which is why I'm too. putting Jimmy G ahead of, burrow in this situation all right so we're gonna go mahomes as a clear number one head and head and shoulders above stafford jimmy g and then burrow probably right so we're gonna yep. bet against burrow this week okay yep home field matters last week it didn't but we kind of anticipated that the script would flip okay um last week on the pod we offered over under two dogs that would win outright i said over i thought at least three of them would win it was right three of them did win i thought it would be the bills and not the the bengals you said under uh, our guest last no, week, Larry, no, I pushed. pushed, I pushed it too. So. Oh, Larry pushed. Did you push too? Okay. So two. I pushed it too. Yeah. So I was the only one who went over, but we thought at least two dogs would win. Uh, and they were all road dogs this week. So the Rams won uh, in Tampa, the Niners won in green Bay, the Bengals won in, in Tennessee. Tennessee and the bills could have won in Kansas Should've city. Won. So we anticipated that. Do we think home field matters this week? See, I think both home teams win. I do too. So I, I obviously that that means I think it, it matters. It does matter, but I think Kansas City's matters a little bit more than LA. Yeah, Just probably. That's probably the true. And the line the line's reflective of that. Um, but we think both home teams win this week. And then our third rule, no dogs unless you think they can win the game outright. I mean, three dogs did win outright, and the Bills certainly almost did win outright, right? So that holds true. If the if the if the dog can't win the game. You don't bet on them, right? Right, and, and I think the only the only dog that has the potential to do it is the Niners out of these two sure. situations. I just I don't see uh, just the bang the Bengals. It's too soon for them. They're not. I mean, if they get to the Super Bowl, it would be one hell of a story. Just nobody saw yeah. it coming. Nobody at all. Yeah, which would be absolutely incredible. But. I, I don't, agree. I don't, I, 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 don't just, I don't see it this year, unfortunately. I, I don't see the road it. Ends in Kansas I see Mahomes City. getting back there. The Niners do have a shot. If you're gonna take them, sprinkle a little bit on the money line too. Um, but don't go against me, man. Bet on the Rams this week. Let's go. Get the Rams in there. Get Cam Akers the Super Bowl MVP. Let's have Chalk Talk making some money. 
Um, we betting on either dog this week. Neither of us are on the Bengals, right? We're both on the Chiefs. Yep. I'm betting on the Rams. Uh, you taking the Niners because of the hook in that game? I may take the Niners on the tees. That'd be the, the only nine way. and a half. Yeah, the nine and a half. Three and a half. I think the I'm, nine and a half is a good call. I'm going to have to wait. I just, I, I really. The three and a half is probably like a enjoy it kind of game, right? I, I don't know that I would take that three and a half either way. Right. I, I would, I'm, I, I don't know. I just kind of want to enjoy that game. Obviously, I'm still heartbroken that Green Bay is not playing this week, sure. but uh, I'm, I'll be pulling for the Rams. All right, man. Yeah, sounds good. So, hey, we can't, we got to wrap up tonight, but we can't go without talking about our Twitter picks. One of us is on fire and the other one of us is like burning, except in the I other wouldn't way, say burning. Like fire. It's, 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 <laughs> it's staying afloat. I just, I can't get any momentum built on college basketball right now. It's just, it's the parody is incredible. And you just don't with COVID and just a, a slew of other things like the, these games have been ultra competitive. And if you guys haven't been tuning into college basketball this year, do yourself a treat and start watching some of these games. Uh, they've been fantastic so far. And there's not one dominant team in the country right now. Um, not like last year where you had Gonzaga, Gonzaga and Baylor as your two top teams, like head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, this year, I think there have been five or six different num- got teams ranked number one so far. Um, and it's go- going to set up for an exciting finish. And hopefully, hopefully I can start getting on the right side of these bets and getting you guys some money. Um, but yeah, let's go. And I, I do have three picks going on right now. I don't know how they're doing. I haven't looked at my phone. Let's we'll check on them after the app. I got some NBA picks out there. Too. Yeah, just well, you, you toot your horn a little bit right now because you are in fuego, my friend. Yeah, so I'm near 80% on my NBA picks year to date, um, which again is is just insane. And again, not to uh, not to toot our own horn, but Chalk Talk is the only free podcast out there that I know of that's given you 80% winners without charging you a thing. You can literally go on our Twitter uh, and become richer just by looking at the free website, twitter.com uh, account, Chalk Talk, and uh, picking our NBA picks. So we're near 80%. And not only that, we haven't had a losing night yet on the NBA. Every night has been profitable. profitable. At a minimum, yep. one game above 500, which nets you, you know, a quarter of a unit. So no matter what, if you pick just one night to follow us on NBA, uh, you've made money. Not a single losing night, and I think that's impressive. That's something we can hang our hat on. We were great during the NFL season. We've been great in the NBA season. Burke is going to be great in the college basketball season. I know it. Uh, So keep following us out there for picks. So uh, this has been super fun, man. I'm glad that we got some listeners on on YouTube. This was awesome. We're going to have to stream these live more often. Yeah, I've, um, been, I've been following along on the feed on the uh, the YouTube account. There's definitely been some solid conversation going on. I don't know how gambling productive it is reviewing some of these comments. Uh, I see some, <laughs> some references to uh, a drinking game being developed with uh, the way we're talking and what we're explaining. Oh, great. Um, just a bunch of other randomness uh i'm gonna have to check out the comments after we leave today but we're gonna try to do this more often because this is fun uh to engage you guys and maybe next time if we get a couple listeners we can do like a live uh you know send a question in or something and we can answer it that way that would be fun i think um and as always this will be on spotify by tomorrow um so you guys can tune in that way if you miss the live episode but uh thank you guys for tuning in hope you guys learned something keep uh stay tuned into our twitter for our formal divisional round picks and our nba and college basketball picks every night 
Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. This is going pretty well, man. We're getting some, some traction here. I think we're going to be, uh, you know, doing big things this year in 2022, hoping yep. to have some guests on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is it, man. This is conference championship week. And then we got two weeks until the super bowl. Uh, I'm moving. We're going to be doing some big things in the next couple of weeks. We're going to hopefully be watching the super bowl together. Maybe we do some, something big for that. We're going to have a prop party. We're going to give out a ton of picks for the super bowl. So definitely stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe we do then, a, maybe we do a live stream of the game. I would love that. Maybe we do something live That'd during the game. Maybe, uh, you know, we can have a few more, or a few less of these, uh, drinks during the Super Bowl during our is that, live. Is that, is that your only one that you've been, uh, sipping on the entire, uh, episode or, uh, have you had a chance to refill that? Well, I, I had a little, uh, I, I went out to dinner before this, so I don't want to, uh, you know, over, over and oh, and one, one last thing before we sign off, uh, half of our chalk talk crew. Um, one of us is celebrating a birthday tomorrow, a big three Oh, and I want to give an early congratulations to, uh, my partner in crime here, Mr. Ken Doolittle for, uh, I am well wishes for a 30th birthday. I am, sir. And thank you very much. And hopefully, you know, I can join you in the realm of 30 and hopefully my age uh, only brings me some more betting wisdom and doesn't uh, age me out of my, my uh, good touch with the NBA and my uh, grip on the sporting world. So hopefully I, I grow wiser in my old age. Uh, you've been in 30 for a couple months now. So hopefully the view up there is, is just as nice for me as well, but it hurts. Uh, it hurts a little more getting up in the morning, but other than that, it's been great. <laughs> Well, I can't wait, man. Thank you. I appreciate the wishes. Hopefully we'll see you soon. We'll have to get together sometime soon. We'll do one of these in person. Until then, I am Ken. That is Mike Burke. We will see you next time. Let's go win some money, my friends. Let's do it.